thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. Blast, you can hear me. This is John Schlitz from the Christmas Project from a couple years ago. Former guest at Bible News Radio. Former, former singer on Petra. How's that for an opening, huh? <laughs> uh, hopefully you can hear me okay. I couldn't really hear myself very well in the microphone. Yeah. I got it all the way up full blast. There you well. So, uh, yeah. Hey, everybody. Good evening. It's Saturday. Yeah, it is. So, how has your day been? Has it been good? Did you go play pickleball like I did today? Probably not. Most of you probably don't play pickleball. But I... Your beloved hosts do. And I have to say that I played super great today. Yeah, I did. I was there. I played like for two hours, two and a half hours. <laughs> Actually, two and a half hours. I played like the whole time I was there. Took a took some breaks, but not many because there was like enough to just barely do it. By the time I got home, I was like, Ugh, that was a workout. I had close to 9,000 steps by the time I got home in that two hour period. Super cool, unlike yesterday's two-hour period where I got like 3,500 steps because all the games were super slow and boring compared to today. Mm-hmm. 
Now you talk to pickleball aficionados and uh, you'll hear that pickleball is the fastest growing sport in the country. You talk to anyone who's never played and they'll say, pick a what? So I can't reconcile those two. Mm. Just saying. Coming soon, <laughs> my book, Pickleball of Faith. Yes, I know you've been waiting forever for it and I apologize. There's only one of me. I can only do so much, people. But I do have it and it's almost done. I have, I have to get the the dedication part done. I got to get the table of contents done. I got to get some endorsements done. And I got to write the last part where I'm going to share a story about a cupcake that's very important to me in there. And um, and hopefully it will be worth it. <laughs> I know. I apologize. I, I haven't been able to get it out sooner. I actually have friends who are waiting for it. They're waiting for the copies of it. And I just found out this past week that... Our local newspaper wants to feature me in it, talking about pickleball faith and the rise of pickleball here in Spring Hill, Tennessee, where I play. So that's super cool. It means it's going to get more publicity, which means more people are going to buy it. And I also have a local interview already set up with a local person uh, who is who is very popular in the community. So it's super cool. Uh, so I would ask for your your prayers and also for hopefully the time to get it done because my goal was Christmas. Uh, which is like what four days from now yeah and it's hard when you're working two other jobs and you're trying to do everything under the sun take care of your dad and just can't do it all people but I'm trying <laughs> so hey what we're gonna do is we are going to talk about news tonight having to actually do with the Bible um, because this is Bible news radio and I don't know about you but but when um, I see stories concerning the Bible in the news. I want to bring them up because I think it's important. But first, I want to begin with a lighthearted little story about, uh, let's see here, where is it? About, uh, the, about a parent who gave a toddler a Christmas present. In fact, they called it the worst Christmas present gift ever. And... um <laughs> but her reaction to this worst Christmas gift ever is something to watch. It actually went viral. Maybe some of you have actually seen this. So, Randall, can you play the video? I can do that. Okay, so while you're trying to bring that up, I'll read you the background story on this. So, it says here, uh, and this is in USA Today, in case you want to know. It's a look of pure joy. The adorable little girl slowly tears through the wrapping paper of her Christmas present to discover. I'm not going to say what it is because I don't want to spoil it. But something. And she loves it. She squeals the name of this product. And and it says here, Justice Monjica, known by screen name Legend Fever, was trying to prank his daughter by giving her the worst Christmas gift ever. He said... But he and his wife never expected their daughter's reaction. I didn't think she would get excited for this, he said. We knew that she was really grateful, but we we were really taken back. So anyway, so this um this went viral. Oh, it's not playing the video. It's weird. It took me a minute to get it, but it did work when I tried it. Anyway, it is super cool. You're gonna you're gonna be so you're gonna be like, oh, that's like the sweetest story ever. And what can this little girl teach all of us? Hmm? 
that parents can try to be mean to them and and the kid can just like teach them a lesson yeah they can in the process so why bareface trying to work this out i'm going to say hello to some of you that i know are here so let's give me a shout out to mama gina dr john is in the house aka baldy how you doing buddy uh rob is in the house as well and i know that there are angie just joined us and angie is in the house okay i don't know who else is in the house but let's see here i can go over to youtube see if anybody over there is there i mute my thing just in case there is because sometimes noise comes through what uh okay and <laughs> and jeff and george are over there on youtube i'm sure barbara's gonna turn in tune in as well i'm sure there's some people on facebook maybe i don't know people over on live or wherever you are people listening to the podcast and um so lots of like a handful of you are tuning in for our show so thank you for all three or four of you coming in we know it's you know you take up i take up your very valuable time mm-hmm Let's see. Mama Gina said, I just listened to Mary, did you know, with a singer and a violin, so I'm dying my eyes. You're dying your eyes? Like green for Christmas? <laughs> no idea. You got it? No. Uh, it's it's up on Twitter, but it won't play. Really? Really. Huh. It won't play on your thingy? No. Well, really. how are we supposed to show people it if it won't play? I've got me. Can you go to Legend over on I Am Legend Fever on Twitter? Can you go directly to Twitter? I'm. That's where I'm at. Uh, Let me try a different browser. Let him try a different browser, people. Yes, that's what we're going to do. We're going to try a different browser. Uh-huh. Yes. And while he's doing that, I will tell you this joke. All right. So there's these okay, yeah, one's working. three... Um, all I gotta do is. Let me get it. Anyway, go ahead. Don't okay. say anything about rabbits, please. Don't. We're just we're just not going there. I was gonna say cows. There's these three cows. So let's um. Me. <laughs> I told this joke. I throw. I told the foot foot joke at my networking group recently. Yeah, I did. And um, because I was trying to kill time, and I, I at first wasn't going to tell the joke because I was advised by my smaller networking group not to. <laughs> but I did. Mm-hmm. So while he's he's doing this, what I'll do instead is I will give you a uh, commercial. Yeah. So if you haven't yet signed up for Legal Shield yet. Uh, this, if you have, if you've been waiting all year to sign up for Legal Shield or identity theft protection, this I really think is the best time of the year to do it because here's the thing. If you sign up for our membership this month in December and you get audited next year for the taxes you file for this year, you'll be covered. If you don't, you won't be covered, right? Just so you know, by, by that, um, thing so that's one thing if you are worried about identity theft and i am i'm going to tell you something i ordered uh some a, a couple of really inexpensive christmas gifts from christianbook.com uh for my dad 
like their little model wood cars, cars that you can put together. They were like $3 each. Anyway, I ordered some stuff from christianbook.com. And yesterday I got a text message saying that it had been delivered at my mailbox. There was nothing in my mailbox, people. So I'm in, and it says give it 24 hours because sometimes they, they uh, scan it more than once. Well, uh, so far I haven't gotten the package. So of course I talked to the delivery driver today um, and he told me to contact the post office. So we have done that, but you know, there's a little likelihood it could have got ripped off that product. And in doing so, you know, that's a risk for my identity being stolen as well. Fortunately, I have identity theft protection. So if that's something you've been thinking about, and by the way, don't use gift cards to buy your stuff. I know a lot of people are doing that, but don't do it. Because if something does happen, you can't get your money back from a gift card. Just so you know. Um, so I want to ask you to consider this very seriously by the end of the year, by, by before the 31st, to purchase identity theft protection and or legal shield or both, or a small business plan or a gun supplemental plan with legal shield for yourself because you want to go into the next year protected and empowered. And that's what our members are. Our members are empowered members. And you know, it was funny, I was just talking to a friend of mine who, who all year has known that I've sold this stuff. And all year they've been kind of going, nah, blah, 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 blah. yeah, yeah, blah, blah, yeah, pfft. you know. <laughs> it's funny because um, I never, I'm not pushy. I'm just like trying to inform you. And I don't bring it up every conversation with my friends unless I'm at a networking meeting where I'm supposed to. And um, anyway, I got a call a couple of days ago and they're like, uh, you know that thing that you sell? I'm like, yeah we want to sign up. I'm like, why? And cause we need a will and we figured it was the best way to get one. I'm like, okay, I'll sign you up. Let's sign you up. So, uh, so, you know, get in touch with me if you want to sign up. I really, really want to encourage you to, uh, because it's going to empower you in a way that you are not empowered now. Um, and a lot of people are like, well, I don't know how to use a lawyer. I will teach you how to use a lawyer. But here's the thing. It's not just lawyers. It's also member perks. You can save money. I just had one of my members. She just signed up. And this is funny because she's a realtor. She's She has a relative who's been trying to get her to sign up for Legal Shield for years. Uh, being in a network meeting with me, uh, I don't know if she felt sorry for me or she just really had a legit need. But after five months of knowing me, she bought it from me. And she just went down to Orlando. She used the perks down there in Orlando, saved 50% on our, all of her, uh, you know, entertainment and, and stuff that she did down there last weekend in the, in, in Orlando. And you know what? She was touting the greatness of Legal Shield when she got back because every other perk she had, military, whatever it was, was not as big as the Legal Shield perk. So the perks will pay for your membership. It's really that that simple. But the membership itself pays for itself. So, so follow the ticker down there. You can get in touch with me anywhere on, uh, you know, on social media or directly through Bible News Radio, and I will contact you directly. Okay. All right, Bareface has got it up. So let's watch this video of a little girl getting the worst Christmas gift ever, question mark. 
There it is, people. got totally excited by what her parents called the worst Christmas gift ever, which was a banana. And I thought that it was so cute because you know why? Because number one, this just goes to show you that parents don't know really what a truly awful gift is. Um, I could give you some ideas about what a really horrible gift is. A banana is not a horrible gift. This is a child. A little teeny weeny girl who has no cognitive ability to really reason or understand that she was just being insulted by that gift. She was just like, it's a gift. It's a banana. I love bananas. This is so awesome. So, and you know, I think that models, um, <laughs> I think if we as adults took that example in everything that we're given, you know, and, and we you know, like, like, for example, say my Aveeno hand, hand lotion. Every day I, I opened it up as a gift because it, it is a gift from God. God gave me the ability to pay money for this Aveeno, which helps my dry, crackly hands. You know, she was delighted and grateful for this banana. It's a great thing, you know. And there's somebody who did a, another video basically talking about that very thing, you know, how you know, how everything that we're given is a gift. And anybody that has done any type of research anywhere um, uh, on gratitude and mental health, there is a total correlation. People who are more mentally healthy are more grateful people. That's why negative Nellies, negative people, negative talk, I don't like it. And I'm going to tell you, if you're around me and you're a negative person and you're constantly being negative and stuff, I... <laughs> Either I'm leaving your presence or if I know you well enough and I love you, I'm going to say, you know, why are you being so negative there? You need, you can flip this around and make it a positive thing. You know, whether it's bad negative self-talk or, or, you know, you're just ugh, whatever, you know? So I don't know, Bareface, did you like that video? Wasn't it cute? Um, I thought it was so cute. It was cute. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What's wrong with the banana? I mean... Nothing wrong with a banana. Bananas are awesome. No, I mean, you shouldn't eat a diet consisting solely of bananas, but... If you are a monkey, you can. Nah, probably not even monkeys do that, but, um, yeah, I'm, I mean, it's not a, you know, it's not a handful of rocks. Of course, if you're a, you know, rock collector, that might be a good gift. I mean, it's food, it's bright. You know, it's, it's cheery. Yeah. Like our outfits. Tasteful, yeah. So, yeah. Tasty treat. Yeah. I mean, yeah. should be excited about a banana. Yeah. And it's a gift besides, you Mom, know? Mama Gina is saying there's a banana diet. And TR Fungi said it's obvious she was delighted. Yeah, because she yeah. got to open up a gift. Right. I got a really cool gift today from Jeannie from Georgia. And I left it downstairs. But Jeannie from Georgia sent me this cool gift. Um of it's a cardinal and um 
And when I opened it, Randall could tell you, I was like, oh, this is so cool. Because <laughs> I love birds. And so she got me this um, solar-powered cardinal that you, you can hold it up. Well, you can hang it. And then when it gets hot enough from the sun, then the wings flap. And, and yeah, you might go, really? That makes you laugh or happy or whatever. I'm like, yeah, because I love birds. And if any of you know me, you know I have a bird feeder, three, three bird feeders on my window. And most of the birds that come to it are cardinals and doves. And the doves are buttheads and the cardinals are awesome, cool yeah, birds. Yeah, if anyone has watched your Instagram stories, that kind of thing, you know, they know that you're fond of the cardinals. And so it was a, it was a very thoughtful gift. Yeah, it was That's great. Nice. I loved it. Yeah. Can't wait to see it. Uh, people. Yeah. Yeah, she did say people in there too. People. Gosh, you're people. In an undisclosed location. Yes. Little Tennessee. <laughs> so many people have our address. It'd be pretty easy to find us. All right. So here's uh, another story. Um, how about we do the one about the cop, the man who sets the Bible on fire inside of Walmart? Did you guys hear about this? Yeah. So according to the police, a man set his Bible on fire while he he was inside. It's not his. It's just a, I think. Hmm? I don't think it was his Bible. No, it wasn't his Bible. It was um, one he, he found in Walmart, uh, I think. Yeah. So it says here, December 18th, in a dopey divisionary or div- diversionary scheme, a North Dakota man doused a Bible with lighter fluid and ignited the good book inside a Walmart, believing that the fiery distraction would allow him to steal merchandise without detection. <laughs> that is pretty dopey. Because <laughs> all cameras and all eyes would be turned toward the small fire in a in a 50,000 square foot uh, retail space. <laughs> <laughs> Cops allege that Andrew L's Mr. Smarty Pants up there pictured our way over that way pictured uh, 27 set the fire Friday at a Walmart in Bismarck, according to a pro- probable cause affidavit wearing a disguise that included a camouflage. What is that? Balaclava? I don't, yeah. I don't know what that is. Ellis torched the Bible in the Walmart's garden section. The resulting blaze caused no injuries, but a store manager told police that the loss of merchandise due to smoke damage was approximately three hundred thousand dollars. Three hundred garden section. Yeah, the incident was recorded by store surveillance cameras, and the no. foot and the footage led cops to Els, <laughs> who reportedly confessed during police questioning Monday. Hmm. Well, at least he did that. That's smart. Um, Seen above, Els said that he had a Bible with him that he had under his disguise. Oh, so he did. It was the one he brought Okay, with yeah, adding that he used lighter fluid to put this on the Bible. Els, the affidavit states, said his reasoning for igniting the fire was a distraction so he could steal the items he had in the cart. The affidavit, David, does not detail what Els sought to steal or whether he succeeded in boosting the items. Charged with arson, Ells is locked up in lieu of $25,000 bail on the felony account. A judge was ordered, has ordered him to have no contact with Walmart. <laughs> you have been banned from Walmart. But you might want to start reading the Bible, <laughs> mister. <laughs> oh my gosh. Boosted. That There's the uh, synonym I was work, looking for, and why my camera is suddenly uh, frozen. Frozen? You don't know. I don't know, but um, 
So I can hold perfectly still. Still, I won't even blink, and I can talk without moving my mouth. But uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, boosted, you know, because I titled this episode "Bibles: uh, What Burned, Blown, and Stolen." Uh, I was trying to think of some uh, synonym for stolen, but boosted. That's what I could have used. So I could use Bibles, uh, blown, burned, and boosted. Bananas. Ah. Anyway. Well, anyway. So Back that, to you. That guy gets the, what's what's that dumb person award? America's Dumbest Criminals or whatever. The no. Darwin. Darwin yeah. Award, yeah. Yeah. It is amazing how dumb some criminals are. I mean, just the epitome of stupid in the literalist, stupidest way possible. But whatever. Hey, they're good fodder for shows like this. Yay! Did you hear about the guy? Uh, Okay. Also, speaking of fire, a firefighter uh, found a open Bible in tornado debris uh, on property where the people... I think died, Yes. which that's not good. That's depressing. Who picked this story? All right. Well, anyway, it says here, a Danville firefighter helping other agencies search for tornado survivors Monday night in Town Creek happened to stumble upon an open, undamaged Bible covered in debris. Where I find the Bible, this was ground zero, said Captain Jason Fields. I like that name. It's an easy name. It's a simple name. Jason Fields. It's a super great name. You notice how easy that was for me to say? It's not some weird, dumb name like I always have to read and it's always some weird thing. But Jason Fields of Danville Fire and Rescue said that. He found the Bible on the property of Justin and Keisha Godsey. The couple was killed after an EF2 tornado destroyed their home. Hmm. Their son Landon is fighting for his life at Children's of Alabama in Birmingham. Fields said it was a shock, really. It's nothing that I was expecting to see. There were so many things out there, splinters of lumber to car parts, even large trees. Finding a Bible is not unheard of, according to Fields. Firefighters will find them in burnt-down buildings. However, this particular Bible was open, and upon closer inspection, the words eerily matched the unfortunate circumstance. A portion of the New Testament read, I will, I will return after this. I will build David's house again. It has fallen down. I will build again the parts of his house that have been pulled down. I will make his house new. Captain Fields um, did not touch the Bible out of respect for whoever owns it. It reaffirmed my faith, said Fields. Initially, Fields thought about keeping the picture off social media. However, after looking at the picture, he snapped. He felt... Like, he felt he was tasked to spread a message. I read that, and this is what I I heard in my head, this part. However, after looking at the picture, he snapped. Like, I thought that, <laughs> I thought that he had lost his mind. <laughs> but there was no comma after picture, where it would have said picture, comma. He snapped. no. However, after looking at the picture, he snapped. There we go. The commas after snapped. It means he took. <laughs> well, that's he, he, that's... he he felt he was tasked to spread a message. Well, that's where that four-letter <sighs> word, this four-letter word, that conjunction that has been lost in the English language or mm-hmm. fallen out of fashion, 
the the conjunction that after looking at this <coughs> picture that he snapped, then mm. there would be no. Good point. You kind of look like a statue. I do. Watch. <laughs> Watch how <laughs> how long I can stay this way without even blinking. I wonder if I go over there and hit you on the other side. <laughs> oh, that's funny. All right. Well, we're almost at uh, um, at the middle of the show. So now we should thank Ariel Ministries, our wonderful sponsor. Yeah, they yeah, yeah they are. So if you go to ariel.org, you can save 20% when you use that coupon code Bible News. But right now they're having a 30% off $30 sale. So buy $30 worth of stuff and get 30% off. And then when you check out, put Bible News in the, in the checkout things so they know that you're from us. All right. And this is a good time of the year, although it's kind of the end of the year here. You can still buy stuff, people. Buy lots of stuff. Go in there, buy hundreds of dollars worth of stuff, and support Bible News Radio and Ariel Ministries at the same time. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, if you uh, want to also sponsor the show, you can you can contact us about that. You can give a donation over at BibleNewsRadio.com forward slash give. Become a pillar of the community. A pillar is a person who holds us up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you did. You held us up this whole year. And by the way, on a serious note, that would be the court of G. I want to thank you all who Not have... Cord. What? Note or chord. Yeah. A chord of G on a serious chord. We are all in one accord. Yeah. Okay, anyway... Thank all of you, again, from the very bottom of my heart for supporting our show. Those of you who who have donated to us throughout the year, um, I actually went through my PayPal to see how many donors we actually had this year, and um, and I want to let you know that we have had 11 donors this year to Bible News Radio. I could almost count them all on one hand, on two hands, um, but we do have one person that donates via check. So we had 10 in PayPal, one via check. And so to the 11 of you who have invested in us this year on Bible News Radio over the year, thank you so much for believing in us enough to put your money to support us. And I want you to know that even though there's only 11 of you that have done this this whole year, your donations just from the 11 of you that have done this have actually helped us more than you know. And, you know, I was reading in the Bible a couple of days ago about um how when people were going and they were donating they were they were giving to the the church the synagogue there and and all the people that gave the rich people the bible says they gave out of their wealth but then there was this widow that came in and she put in this mite it was like the equivalent of a couple of pennies and the bible says that she gave more than all of them prior because she gave out she gave out of her lack and i want to let you know that that spoke to me because i understand you know just like paul said he knows what it's like to be in plenty and you know to have plenty and but also to be in want 
Randall and I have been in the want section for quite some time. Um, and not because of anything we've done. That's the amazing thing. <laughs> it's it's not like we have gone out and been frivolous and spent money left and right, bought a new car, you know. I mean, it's nothing like that. It's just, frankly, life. Life happens, you know. And I just want to say that, you know, I know some of you, some of the 11 of you who have donated to us, you're actually giving to us out of your lack or your want. And, you know, God is going to bless you for that. And I hope, I hope that you know that. So I just want to say thank you to the 11 of you who have donated to us. And I'm not trying to be funny to everybody. I really seriously just want you to know that a lot of people have been very judgmental in the past about shows like this. And oh, all you do is ask for money and you don't need the money, blah, blah, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. And what I'm telling you is 11 people this year have donated to Bible News Radio. 11 out of the thousands that tune into this show. So that tells you a lot, everybody, about the 11 people that donate. Okay, so <laughs> just want to say thank you. And my hope and my prayer Larry Allison's prayer, he was one of the 11, actually, when he came on our show, was that more people would donate to our show. And and other people have said that more people should donate to our show. And, and you know what? I'm convinced that it's not because people really don't have the money, because you can look at Joel Osteen and Joyce Meyer and all these other Word of Faith false teachers out there, and you got tens of thousands and millions of dollars being donated to programs like that. So... The church gives, but it for I don't understand why the church doesn't give to a show like this. I don't know. We have an audience, but so so that's all to say, just to let you know that even though that and and some people have said, well, you guys don't broadcast five days a week or actually seven days a week anymore. You know why? Because only eleven people have given to us this year, and we gotta pay bills. We can't keep working full time and doing a show every day. And and that's sad. That's very, very sad because I think the show that we put out is very needed. And um, so to the 11 of you who have donated, thank you very much for supporting us financially. Your prayers do matter, everybody. And I am thankful for your prayers, but sometimes prayers just aren't enough to pay bills. So that's all I'll say on that. All right, now. Back to Bible news, because there's this other news story that was over at WBTV on your side. <laughs> WBTV on your side, which is, and, and there is a video here too, but I don't know. Do you want to play the video on that one? No. Okay. So this one says here um, that Bible stolen from local church found by WBTV viewer. Um, it says here, 24 stolen Bibles intended for inmates have been reportedly found. A man discovered the box of Bibles, but says he wasn't aware they were stolen until he saw the story air on WBTV News at 7 p.m. Thursday. The stolen Bibles were apparently found in an interesting place. WBTV's Maureen O'Boyle is meeting with Pastor Jeff Williams and his wife Liz on Friday to gather more details on the finding. I hope that whoever took the Bibles keeps one and sends us 23 back. Williams of West Franklin Baptist Church in Gastonia said Wednesday. On Monday, Williams came home to a delivery from FedEx 
The problem was there was only one package on his front porch. Williams and his wife were excited about the delivery of 24 study Bibles. They were to be sent out before Christmas through their nonprofit inspiration for inmates. Each Bible had been requested by a person serving time in federal prison. It's the story of our Lord and Savior. It saves lives. So maybe, just maybe, if that person would just open the page and not discard it and read a few sentences out of God's word, it's very, very likely God will speak to them and maybe return the rest or maybe transform their own lives, Williams said with the Bible in his hand. In his seven years of preaching, Williams has seen that kind of transformation up close and very personal. Our daughter is two years old. Uh, our daughter is two years in a four to five year sentence, he said. Okay, that's what I meant to read. Yeah, okay, just saying. William's daughter got involved in drugs a few years ago and faced federal ch drug charges. As her father and as a man of deep faith, Williams gave her a Bible when she started serving her sentence. About a week later, she wrote a letter and she said, Dad, I'm reading the Bible, but my bunkmate here at prison is interested. Can you send her one? So her mom and I... We sent another Bible. It exploded from there. He remembers exploded. No, just kidding. <laughs> that explosion was the beginning of inspiration for inmates. As of two years ago, we sent over 600 of these Bibles to inmates all over the, the United States and all kind of penal institutions. So yes, this ministry was birthed out of a bad situation, but it is truly a gift giving hope and changing lives, Williams explained. Those 24 Bibles stolen from his front porch were printed in several different languages. The requests come from men and women. Williams says the message in those Bibles is having an impact on inmates who read them, which is a great thing that inmates are reading it. We're getting testimonies that people are coming off drugs, staying out of prison through the ministry. I have a box knee high of letters thanking us for the Bibles and so many requesting Bibles, he said. My heart was broken for the inmates that will have to wait to get their copy of God's word. Williams believes that there's a good chance the thief who stole these two packages uh, was hoping for something to sell for drugs. He's hoping we help addicts find new ways to heal their addictions. I would ask for society to consider, just consider, even if you're not a believer, to look at the stats and consider maybe an alternative, which our alternative is Christ. We've seen that Lord Jesus Christ and belief in him is changing lives, he told me. Yeah, don't you think that that's a good thing? I asked if the Bibles might send a message to the package thief. Absolutely, there's no way that something can't go through their mind. When they open the box and seen God's word, it probably spoke for itself, he responded. <laughs> I hope so. Inspiration for Inmates is a nonprofit of judge of non-judgment, Williams says. That is what motivates Pastor Williams and his wife, Liz. We're all human beings. We all fall short, and I don't know anybody that wouldn't like to have a second chance. While heartbroken for the inmates, Williams had this to say about God's work in this. I also know God owns the printing press. He owns the paper factory, and he'll send the Bibles back. Well, it looks like the Bibles were returned. This is a developing story that will be updated with more details on how the Bibles were discovered. On Thursday, we learned that the publisher of the Bible's Sun Life Broadcasting was planning to replace all 24 that had been stolen free of charge. While he firmly believes God will intervene, you can also help Pastor Williams purchase these study Bibles and get them to inmates requesting them. So you have to go to the article, though, to find that. 
go to wbtv.com and you can find the article. What do you think of the story, Bareface? Well, I'm... Yeah, I mean, uh, package theft from... He's back! Yes, I am. I, I reconnected the camera. Ah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, package, package theft from porches is nothing new. I mm-hmm. mean, there's a viral video of the former NASA engineer that, you know, rigged the box boxes of you know for for package thieves to spray glitter and fart spray and all that kind of stuff yeah those are kind of fun but i'm thinking well returning evil for evil i don't know right anyway so but yeah package stuff from front porches is is a regular thing yeah uh so you know somebody's seen do you think somebody stole our package or do you think it was just misdelivered um i don't I could go either way on that. Yeah. I mean, this time of year, I mean, if, you, if you're if you familiar with neighborhoods and like this where packages are often left on the porch, mm-hmm. you might case it out a few days and think, oh, you know, Chris, the deliveries are up during Christmas time. So, I don't know. Could have been boosted. Um, well, if they, if they did steal what I bought, then they got a Bible study. Yeah. <laughs> Because exactly. I bought a Lisa Harper Bible study, and I bought a Bible study book for me and some people I'm doing a Bible study with, and um, oh. and the cars for my dad. So, so you know, uh, so somebody sees a large box on there from FedEx, and you know, it's not costing them anything, but but risk and guilt and shame and. <laughs> but you would think with all the ring doorbells and, out there and stuff yeah. that that people would get busted. Yeah, you'd think. But, um, hmm. anyway, so, um, yeah, what I think is, I'm not surprised that it was boosted, that it was lifted, but, uh, stolen. Uh, but yeah, there, no doubt they opened it cause no one's going to just steal a package and just use it for a boat anchor. Chances are right. they're looking for money. And so they opened it and it's a box full of Bibles. I mean, where are they going to sell them? You know, flea market, <laughs> one by one. You know, but apparently they were found probably because they were ditched somewhere. Mm. They're like, well, there's no money here. But yeah, hopefully, um, that's it's an image that. Well, I know I sent a gift to my friend Mia that I had actually made for her, and she said she didn't get it either, and that's irritating because, you know. Not only was it a specialized gift, but she didn't get it. And it's like, whoever opens it is going to get a gift with something that's specialized. (laughs) It's like, that sucks. And there's no way I can replace it because it was a specialized gift unless I get another one made. And I I don't have the money to do that. So it's like, well, that sucks. So if you're an evildoer and you happen to be watching this, stop it. You need to repent, you know, repent and believe in Jesus. Come to him. Yes, and then you you don't have to steal anymore because you won't want to. You'll be like so in love with the Lord for him forgiving your sins of stealing from people that, you know, you'll want to go out and give to people instead of rip them off, right? Give me an amen on that one. All right. Did you ever wonder why A Christmas Carol was written? Hmm? Have you? How many of you? are familiar uh, familiar with Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. I think it is one of the coolest 
um, movies, screenplays, books, uh, play, whatever you want to call it, ever written. And a lot of people do because we know the story. It's super great, right? We're trying to, um, you're familiar, good. So we're familiar with this. Well, I want to read you an article. It tells you about the wrenching reason Charles Dickens wrote A Christmas Carol. This is over on the Washington Post. And I, I find stuff like this uh, very, very kind of cool. One of the most enduring cliches in the literary life is that writers are frequently broke. Unable to pay their bills, they turn to alcohol or worse, teaching. Because teaching is such a horrible profession, just so you know. Anyway, some writers unsuccessful in publishing their poems or stories, even obscure, even in obscure literary journals, finally give up and seek out employment in advertising. Charles Dickens, Dickens, te teetering on bankruptcy in the early nineteen in the early eighteen forties, did none of those things. Instead, he wrote A Christmas Carol. The novella in which Christmas transforms Ebenezer Scrooge from parsimonious jerk to somewhat swell dude is one of the world's most beloved holiday tales, no doubt topping Ralphie's trials and tribulations in A Christmas Story and the family problems of Clark W. Sparky Griswold Jr. in Christmas Vacation. Less well-known are the circumstances by which Dickens came to write this epic feel-good tale, which he essentially self-published. Do you guys know that? Do you know that he, he basically self-published that? That's kind of cool. It was 1843. Dickens had published the Pickwick Papers, Oliver Twist and Nicholas Nickleby. Known for dressing as a dandy, Dickens' appearances drew hundreds, sometimes thousands of fans, like our show. Readers awaited his works with, with the same anticipation that children and adults greeted new installments of Harry Potter, just like you guys. You can't wait for new episodes of Bible News Radio. <laughs> but sales were slowing. Martin Chuzzlewit was a bust, and Dickens had taken nearly a year off to tour the, tour the United States where he offended locals by commenting that America was overrun by rubes, lacking in the most basic civilities, according to The Man Who Invented Christmas by Les Standiford. Dickens was especially dismayed by what he considered an appalling lack of personal hygiene among his American brethren. Uh, Standiford added, some Brits no doubt still share this opinion. <laughs> <laughs> so Dickens was in a bind, a big one. Dickens' once unequaled popularity was at a nadir in his critical reputation in a shambles, his bank account overdrawn. Faced with bankruptcy, he contemplated giving up writing fiction altogether. But then he got an idea. Dickens had grown up quite poor. After a speaking gig in Manchester, he visited a school for poor children and later found himself wandering the streets, pondering his own upbringing and the need, indeed a calling, to bring attention and good cheer to the downtrodden. Suddenly, characters began appearing to him. Scrooge, the nasty accountant, Bob Cratchit, his kind and dedicated clerk, Tiny Tim, Cratchit's crippled son. Scrooge, Dickens thought, could have a series of dreams in which he goes from being Mr. Bah Humbug to a believer in the Christmas spirit. With Christmas approaching, Dickens wrote the book some 30,000 words in a matter of weeks. Off the page, his publishers played the role of Scrooge, showing little interest in the idea, so Dickens hired his own artists and editors and took care of the printing. Isn't that nice? Don't you like entrepreneurs? 
His publishers weren't totally wrong. Back then, Christmas wasn't that big of a deal, but Dickens saw that they did what they didn't see, an opportunity to elevate Christmas as a symbol of hope and renewal, which would hopefully renew him too. The book was a smash hit. The first review in the Morning Chronicle ran December 19th, 1843. Mr. Dickens, the reviewer wrote, has produced a most appropriate Christmas offering and which, if properly made use of, may yet, we hope, lead to some more valuable result than, we, than mere amusement. Another wrote that the book was a tale to make the reader laugh and cry, open his hands and open his heart to charity, even towards the uncharitable. Dickens' publishers jumped on board, racing to print copies. At the turn of the century, Standiford wrote the book's readership was second only to the Bibles. Mm -hmm. It's been in circulation ever since. The subject of dozens of movies, plays, and parodies, even the Muppets, have cashed in. So that's the story. God bless us, everyone. So there you go. Did you guys know that? Second to only the Bible. That's pretty stinking cool, huh, Bearface? Indeed, kind of, you know, he said it hired, hired, he hired his own, uh, what, illustrators and mm -hmm. um, wherever, going back in the article. Uh, anyway, yeah, hired his own artists and editors and took care of the printing. I'm kind of wondering for, with what money, since <laughs> this bank account was overdrawn, maybe it was a, a promise of payment. I will gladly pay you Tuesday for editing and illustrations today. So what was the, yesterday when Robbie did the trivia, what was the, the hymn or the, the song that was written at, at Thanksgiving? Or for Christmas that was Thanksgiving, do you no, remember? No, it was, it, was it was originally for, yeah, it was it, yeah. Jingle Bells was supposed to be a Thanksgiving song. song, yeah. Did you guys know that Th Jingle Bells was a Thanksgiving song? Because it doesn't mention anything about Christmas. Nope. Dashing through the snow in a one-horse open sleigh, over the fields we go, laughing all the way. Ha, ha, ha. Bells on bobtails ring, making spirits bright. What fun it is to ride and sing, sing a sleigh song tonight. Oh, Jingle Bells, Batman smells, Robin laid an egg. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. <laughs> you could have, but you didn't. <laughs> Isn't there something about going to grandma's house or something in that song? Over I'm, the fields and to the house, to grandma's yeah. house we go. Okay. That's a different song. But it sounds the same. If you... It's <laughs> similar in content. I mean, it's about... Uh, um, a horse-powered trip. To somewhere else. I mean, that's. You know what I didn't realize about this Charles Dickens thing, though? I didn't realize it was the 1800s that thing was written. Really? Yeah. Well, if you're familiar with Dickens at all. I'm not. Oliver Twist? Nope. So, you know any. I mean, Tale I know of, Oliver. Tale of Two Cities? Huh. Oliver Twist is, is about a poor kid, right? Right. That's all I know. <laughs> okay. Well. Now, my sister in law in law, Sandy, probably knows a lot more than me because she was the English literature major. Yeah, but, you know, I don't know. I had an is it English lit. I don't know. Maybe just English class in high school. You know, these, these books came up. Hmm. 
All right. Well, I got one more story, people. Yeah, you do. Yeah, I do. Try not to get my... You guys notice that I'm drooling? No. Here, I'm going to tell you why I'm drooling. Because earlier today when I was playing pickleball, I get numb in my neck over here. And then it kind of gets me numb over in the side of the face. This has happened more than once. And I know it's totally pickleball related. So then my face feels weird. And then I start to drool because of the numbness that goes down my thing. Don't worry. I'm not having a stroke or anything like that. It's just, it's just, <laughs> my face is going on numb. Ugh. Fortunately, I can't play pickleball for a couple of days. So by the time I can, I'll be back to normal. I was going to share this last night, but seems I can do it tonight. This is a lawsuit. Listen to this. USPS not only chills speech, it silences it by blocking personal religious content on stamps. Mm-hmm. Have you, did you guys know this? All right, listen to this. First Liberty Institute, a Dallas-based religious, religious liberty law firm, is suing the United States Postal Service, arguing that a 2017... USPS regulation barring any depiction of religious content on personalized stamps is unconstitutional. The lawsuit was filed on behalf of Susan Fletcher, a graphic designer from Plano, Texas, who was prevented from creating personalized stamps because of the USPS rule. Personalized postage stamps don't violate the First Amendment just because they reference religion, Chad Walker, partner with Winston and Strawn and First Liberty Network attorney said. Government regulations prohibiting religious speech by Americans offend the First Amendment. According to First Liberty, Fletcher was hoping to create her own stamps with the following designs. Note the horror of these designs that we're going to discuss right now. A Christmas nativity scene recalling the birth of Christ that said, Emmanuel, God with us. Mm-hmm. To the phrase, God bless Texas, to celebrate Texas Independence Day and reflecting her personal prayer for her home state. The horror. The horror, I'm telling you. A depiction of the empty cross of Christ with the phrase, I am with you always, to celebrate Easter, the most central of Christian holidays. Mm-hmm. And a stamp about missionary work, a primary duty of Christians, according to Susan, featuring the words of Christ in Matthew 28 that says, go therefore and make disciples. Wow. Can you guys believe this? Can you believe that the United States Postal Service would not let her make stamps like that? I don't understand what personal stamps are. There, there are these things where you can print up pictures on your own stamps and stuff like that. And apparently because these are religious stamps... She, they, they wouldn't let her. The uh, U.S. Postal had no problem printing a, a Ramadan stamp that was available to everyone, not even personalized. Well, though. that's not Christianity, though. So, yeah, you know. I just, I mean, well, if it's about the can, about any depiction of something religious, I guess that's just for personal stamp. But you're gonna have stamps for your use only. That, that's a big thing. But for the masses. For the masses, Islam can be, um, you know, put out, yeah, whatever. Mm -hmm. Go on. Yeah. Well, that's all I need to read. Okay. I'm just saying it, it is it is interesting that we have all of these stories about the Bible that, I mean, a Bible was burned on purpose. A Bible was found in a fire. You know, Bibles were stolen. <laughs> 
why is the Bible the subject of so many news stories if it's such a horrible, rotten book to depict in art? Or on a stamp, for crying out loud. In fact, when I went, I went to, um, by the way, this is a challenge. I'm going to challenge you. I'm here by now, right now, in challenger mode. That's why I got my red jacket on. A cool gift to get somebody is stamps. Mm-hmm. So, so this week I went to this to, to get some stamps because I literally hand wrote 50 cards this week with personal notes to all my Legal Shield people and some friends and Bible News Radio donors. The 11 of you that donated, you will be getting a card. <laughs> Just so you know. Anyway, I uh, was shocked at how many stamps were available, right? Including a sheet of Sesame Street stamps. In case you didn't know that, there are commemorative Sesame Street stamps that are made. And yes, even though PBS has gone liberal and, and you know, not everybody likes Ernie and Bert being gay. I bought a sheet, I bought two sheets of Sesame Street stamps. And I took a sheet of those stamps to a friend to give her as a gift because I thought it would be funny. But I also thought it would be necessary and cute because, you know, if somebody gave me stamps, I'd be like, yeah, this is awesome. Thanks for the stamps, man. Stamps never go out of style. And you can always use them to send a thank you note to the person that gave them to you. You know what I'm saying? Just saying. Uh, but anyway, so I was down there. You thought I forgot my point, didn't you? Randall's like, is there a No, I want to share something when you're done with this okay. story. Anyway, so, so I was shocked at how many different stamps there were. There were some frog stamps. Don't understand why. The guy said, do you want some celebration stamps? And my response was... Um, does this have anything to do with gay pride? And he's like, no. I'm like, sure. Okay. In that case, this is awesome. I will take some celebration stamps. Um, and then there was American flag stamps. He's like, you can't go wrong with the American flag. I'm like, you're right. I can't. And anyway, he said to me, he's my, my older brother has been a stamp collector for like his whole life, as far as I know. And I used to collect stamps too a long time ago. But, you know, he's like, yeah, you would be really surprised at how many people, like, really care about the stamp that they put on their envelopes. And I'm like, I could really care less. It's just a stupid stamp. I mean, who keeps the envelopes anyway? Apparently stamp collectors, but that's about it. Anyway, I just thought I'd share that. All right, Bareface has uh, yeah, uh, some the, stamps the, he's going to show you. This is on the USPS store, mm -hmm. United States Postal Service. Under holiday stamps, we've got Hanukkah. Mm -hmm. Okay, we've got Kwanzaa. Yeah, we've got Christmas with Madonna and Child. We've got they another got the Hanukkah cardinal stamp. over there, birds in winter. Yeah. That's cool. Hey, we've got the Hanuk another Hanukkah stamp, the Florentine Madonna and Child. We've got Diwali, another Kwanzaa stamp. We've got uh, Eid, whatever. EID. Yeah, the Muslim. Anyway, and yet. And yet, you know, so these are the official USPS stamps. They can publish, uh, you know, Islam, Christian, Kwanzaa, Hindu, you know, Judaism stamps all day long. But uh, don't you... see the you... Sesame Street stamps in there? They're, my, I, they're not under the holiday page. No. But, but, you know, don't you dare, don't you dare put anything religious on stamps they're going to use yourself. 
You're going to send to people you know. I, what, what's with that? Well. We can make religious stamps all day long for everyone. Well, Madonna and Child is kind of religious. It's like. Kind just, of? Yeah. I totally. Mean... <laughs> totally. Diwali? Kind of. Totally. Hanukkah? Kind of? Totally. But. Yeah. But don't you dare. You know, go to uh, photostamps.com to make your own personal stamps with anything religious on them. Because. Because the rule says that um, that they can't depict anything religious, and it lumps her religion a category the regulation describes as unsuitable for all ages and audiences. Right. So Kwanzaa is for all audiences. You know, I don't know how to pronounce the Muslim Eid or I don't know Eid. I don't know, but. You know, Hanukkah, suitable for all audiences. You know, Christmas, suitable for all audiences. No. But, yeah, it seems like I would expect the opposite. Your personal stamps, your personalized stamps, do whatever you want. But we're going to stay clear at the, you know, national level of anything that might offend someone. But it's just the opposite. They're, you know, for the the official stamps that are printed by the millions have all these depictions of all sorts of religions, but if you want a small, minute set of stamps for your own use, you best not have anything religious on them. By the way, speaking of that, I have to say that I asked my Facebook friends if they sent out Christmas cards to people. And you know what? The overwhelming majority of my friends said, no, I don't. Because it costs too much. All right. I am here to tell you all that that is such a load of crap that it costs too much to send your friend a card. Okay. And I don't mean to be mean or anything, but you can go to Dollar Tree or Dollar General and buy boxes of very nice cards for a dollar. Okay. So the cards themselves are not expensive. If you, you know, I bought a hundred cards for $7. Okay. And they were all nice cards, and most of you are going to get one, okay? So it is not expensive to buy a card. And really, it's not expensive to pay for the postage either. I mean, I think a stamp is 45 cents now, okay? When you consider gas money, time, and distance, it is cheaper than heck to send a card for 45 cents to a loved one to thank them for loving you and being in your life and stuff. So that's a load of crap. And if everybody is, is um, you know, you're like, no, I ain't going to do that because it's going to cost me a fortune and post it. And then some people are like, well, I'm not getting any cards. Well, duh. Here's the truth. The more cards you send out to people, the more cards you're going to get back. That's just how it is, people. So... If I were you, and I'm not, I'm me, because, you know, I'm not you. But my thing is, why be such a cheapskate? I mean, go to Dollar Tree and, or Dollar General and buy some Christmas cards. They have a lot of very nice Christmas cards. All my Christmas cards came from there, okay? 
And if you get my card, you're like, dang, this is a cheap card. Well, you're right. It is a cheap card. But you know what? The thought that I put into writing all the all those cards, I didn't write like little generic messages. Like I didn't do a stamp and a business card and I didn't send a photo, which I'm just going to tell you when I get photos sent to me from families, that to me, no offense, but it's not my type of card. I don't really, I, I don't care about your family photo. <laughs> Unless you're certain people. Like, if you're really family, great. But if you're not, I don't really don't care to, about to see you and your grandkids and, you know, where you went on vacation. I don't give a crap about that. I care about our relationship and, you know, that. <laughs> I know. Oh boy, that's, that's just, uh, that's, I probably just made some enemies just now. But, but, you know, you can do what you do. Then there's some people like, well cards are too expensive. So I'm going to write a letter. I'm going to write a Christmas letter. I'm going to go buy paper. And then I'm going to write out a five page Christmas letter. In fact, I actually get one every year from a guy in radio. They it's like eight pages. Well. eight pages. Check this out. I got this letter. It's one, two, three, four, five, Six pages. Every year I get a six page manifesto from a friend that I, he's not even a friend really. He's just, I was on his show once. But every year for the last 10 years or something, I get a six page letter at Christmas with his family. <laughs> it's not a bad thing, but I don't have that much time, you know. I mean, you, you might like a picture of me in bareface. If you want a picture of me in bareface, go to my Facebook page and take it off there. Just steal it. I don't care. I'm going to send you a cheap card. I'm going to write you a tender, loving note inside about why I love you or why I'm thankful for you or blah, blah, whatever. And that takes more time, you know, and for 45 cents or whatever the post, maybe it's 49 cents. I don't know what it is. But under 50 cents, you can send that love to lots of people for, I mean, just, if you're so stinking cheap, and obviously lots of people are, that you don't send out Christmas cards to people. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm like, budget throughout the year if you have to. Put away $5 a month if you have to. So you got 60 whole dollars at the end of the year to spend on postage if you're so stinking tight, cheap, and you're a tight wad. I, I believe I mean, it. I current is 55 cents all right so if it's 55 cents still people is not your relationship with somebody worth a mere 55 cents plus a dollar like i got these dollar tree very nice christmas cards 14 in a box for a buck 14 cents a card plus 55 is 60 what is that 69 cents is not a person worth under a dollar to you <laughs> to send a stinking card? I mean, seriously. How cheap can you be? Oh, wait. I'm going to send a mass email <laughs> with my picture and everything. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm totally like... <laughs> it's just... uh, but uh, see, some the of way, these same people, but... they'll be like, you know, I can't afford it. 14 you know, cards but, for a buck is a little over 7 cents per card. Okay, 7 cents a card plus 40 whatever it is. 
55 cents. So yeah. 55 plus 7 is 62. Two. 62 measly cents. Are we not maybe worth... After, maybe after sales tax, you're up to close to 65 cents. Maybe 70 cents, depending on where you live. Under a buck, for sure. Am I not worth 70 cents to you people? I mean, I know a lot of you, or 11 of you, think we're worth way more than that because you give us money every month. But <laughs> anyway... I don't know. I just had to get that off my chest. Maybe I'm persuading you. Maybe I'm just ranting. I don't know. But I, it just, it's like everybody always talks about the spirit of Christmas. And if you don't send a card to people you love, it's like, well, I don't want to because I'm too cheap. Postage is too expensive. No, you're just too cheap. I mean, if you were sending like a package of donuts or something, that cost you $15 to mail a package. Packages are expensive. Sending a card is not expensive, people. And if you're super cheap and you want to bless the person, send a card with a with a gift certificate in it or a or a check. You know, never cash cuz somebody could steal that. But you know, I mean, that's not expensive. My aunt sent me 25 bucks this year. Okay? First year, she, she sent me and Randall 50 rap gifts the first year she met us because she loved us so much. But you know what? Hey, time passes and you don't have as much money to spend $50 or $100 or $300 on somebody. So you just send a check. Whatever. The thought is good. The thought counts. You know? I recently sent somebody a birthday present that cost me $1. It cost me $3.54 to ship the $1 item. Why? Because I wanted her to have something on her birthday, and I don't have a ton of money, so I kept my budget under five bucks. Now, you might go, well, that's cheap. You're a cheapskate. But let me ask you something. Wouldn't you rather get something, even if it's cheap, you know, if the thought was there, than nothing? Yeah. Uh-huh. That's what I'm saying. I have a story in my Pickleball Faith book about how God convicted me of not giving to a good cause having to do with pickleball. Um, and what my friend said to me was, don't you even have a dollar you could give? And I was like, nope, I do not have a buck for you. No, I don't. And God ended up telling me, you know, that $20 that you have in your backpack, you should go get it and give it to her. And I'm like, really? <laughs> the story is in my book, you know, and I'm convinced, you know, if we talk about giving, right? Unto us, a child is born, people. Unto us, a child is given. And the government shall be on his shoulders, right? And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Prince of Peace, Emmanuel. God is with us. I know I messed some of that up, but you got the point. If this is the season of giving, then why be so tight-fisted with a card? <laughs> That costs you under $2 to send, including the card, or under a buck. I mean, do you know that if everybody on my text message list, there's almost 50 people on that list, if everybody on my text message list gave me 25 bucks a month, that I could actually do a lot more with this show? <laughs> nope. A buck! If you all gave a buck, I could give... I could I could actually do more with just one dollar. 
Yeah, TR Fun Guy postcards are only 39 cents. So you can even write a postcard, people. Anyway, so that's that's never the issue. Money is never the issue. I don't care what it is. Money is never, ever, ever, ever the issue. It's your heart that is the issue. And that's why, you know, I was talking to somebody and they were saying that the poorest people in the world are some of the happiest people because they give, they give, they, they'll give like one of my friends who work for Voice of the Martyrs <clears throat> went on a missions trip and they actually, um, you know, said that they went over to, I'm not sure what African country it was, but, but the the kids there wanted to give a gift to the the white missionaries that came to bless them out of all their wealth and the black people in the black african nations that had nothing literally took the shoes off their feet the sandals and gave them to the white missionary rich people and said here have this gift and the testimony of the white rich people was that they were humbled that the black people who are poor and i'm making a point here is that you know that they were they were in awe that they couldn't believe it you know and it's like we we have a lot to learn about giving you know and not being selfish i'm going to tell you something every single one of us is selfish to the core we're we're rotten <laughs> wicked selfish people yeah we are we care about what we want more than anything and we don't give a we don't care so much i'm not swearing we don't care so much about how we can help other people and you know even sometimes just a kind word we withhold it because oh it won't do so much yes it will people people we need to be givers, you know, give, 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 give. If you're a Christian, give. Don't be like stingy and don't not give. Because you know what? Someday you're going to be on the receiving end of that giving. And the Bible says, you know, you reap what you sow. And, you know, I'm just going to end with this little teeny rant. You know, there's some people in life who go through life and at the end of their life, they end up in assisted living or a nursing home and they have zero people visiting them. Okay. My dad would be one of those people if I had not stepped into his life. I have no doubt about that whatsoever. You know why? Because my dad, his whole life has been nothing but a selfish person. He has put himself above everybody else. And that's the truth. I'm not bagging on my dad. But that is the truth. You go into some of these assisted livings, you see elderly people in there with nobody coming in to help them. You know why? Because these people have been selfish their whole life. They are reaping what they sow, right? They reap what they sow. But then on the other hand, you see people like who go into poor neighborhoods or poor schools and they they put it, they live there with these people and they reach out to them and they want to minister to them. And even though they don't have a ton of money, they have tons of people love them. And when they're in need, they get gazillions of dollars donated to them or, or they get, you know, lots of charity towards them. Why? Because they gave, even though they quote, didn't have it. In fact, I, um, I was watching this lady on TikTok 
Um, and there's so many cool testimonies on TikTok, and I don't, I don't even know her name, but but she shared this story about um, how her and her church were out doing a neighborhood missionary activity, and a whole bunch of people came into the area that needed water and food. And so they prayed over the water that they had and the food that they had. And they literally, I mean, she said it was literally like virtually nothing, kind of like the 5,000 and the, the, you know, the four loaves or the five loaves and the, you know, 5,000. And she said their water, they were completely out of the water. They had nobody. They couldn't go anywhere to get any water. And she said they had one of these, um, you know, one of these containers that, you know, you press down the thing and the water comes out. She said that over like a hundred people came and that water never ran out. And she said she watched the whole time. Nobody went anywhere to fill it up because they couldn't. But she said that water didn't run out. God's resources never run out, people. They never, ever, ever, ever run out. You cannot outgive God. I don't care who you are. You could try to outgive God and his people, but you can't. You cannot outgive God. He owns everything and he can turn fish into lots of fish. He can turn water and into wine. You know what I'm saying? So have a little faith, people. <laughs> have faith. Have faith in somebody that sent God from heaven into a baby, you know, that ultimately grew up and died on a cross for our sin so that we could be reconciled to him and have forgiveness, man. Jesus did all these miracles to prove his deity, right? He didn't walk around doing miracles and healing everybody. Actually, he didn't heal everybody. Some people teach that wrongly. He did not heal everybody. He, but he healed many. And he didn't heal them because they needed to be healed. He actually, there's actually scripture that says that some people are born with disease so that God would be glorified in their life in a way, right? So that's one thing, but he healed them because he was God and he was trying to prove to everybody who he was. He was God incarnate. And that's what Christmas is about. Christmas is about Jesus, people. It's about the greatest gift ever given to mankind. The greatest gift. Without the birth of Christ, we would not have everything that we have, you know. And Jesus was a poor man walking around here on earth. He had no place to lay his head, right? He did, He was even buried in a rich man's tomb. He didn't even have his own tomb, you know. So think about that, okay? If you're going to be a cheapskate and not send somebody a Christmas card, you might want to like ex examine yourself as far as like, why are you giving? Are you giving to get? Or are you giving because you really want to bless? And you know what? In the end, you're going to reap what you sow. And I know that's not a popular message because we like go, well, that guy reaped what he sowed. But you know what? At the end of your life, you're going to reap what you sow. So my encouragement to you would be so good, right? So good. And then you'll have the blessing there that you're going to need at the end of your life. Because you know what? I'm going to tell you something. If you end up in assisted living, 99.9% .9 of the people that work in assisted living could give a crap about you. Just so you know, they are there. 
Most of them hate their jobs. Why they even apply for them, I have no idea. They mostly give crappy service. This is pretty universal across the world. And I'm just going to say, if you are a if you are not somebody who's a giver or in a good attitude, you're going to be, you're going to, the rest of your life's going to, it's going to suck. Right. And I know that, that that's not really encouraging, but I, I want you to think about it because it's like important, you know? Okay. So Randall, do you want to say anything else? No. <laughs> so there you go. I'm sorry if that hurt any of your feelings, but I felt it needed to be said. And tomorrow, do you know what you're going to talk about tomorrow? Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> well, hopefully it'll be more uplifting than that little rant, huh, people? Just remember the banana from earlier in this video, you know? And, uh, and you know, have a good day. <laughs> remember. Just be bold. <laughs> be bold, people. Stand up and go with God because he loves you. Mm-hmm.